Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to bring you today's episode. And what I decided to do was something I haven't done before. And that is a joint podcast episode with my friend Katie from The Wellness Marketer. Now, what we decided to do was Katie is going to post this episode on her podcast, The Wellness Marketer, and I'm going to post it on my podcast, Next Level Nutrition Biz. And we wanted to do this because, you know, Katie and I do something very similar. We both support wellness entrepreneurs with building their business, specifically on social media and different marketing techniques. And Katie is a pro at this. And I have a lot of experience in this as well, helping to support nutritionists and building their business. So we thought it was just best for us to do a joint episode and just have it more be a conversation where we're just talking about things like social media, growing online, how to show up for your audience, how to use email marketing. We really just talk about all the things. It's a really honest, open conversation about what her experience has been growing her business, what my experience has been growing my business. And then we just get into the conversation of how you can use what we've learned uh, to grow your business too. So I'm really excited for this episode um, and let's just give a big warm welcome to Katie. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining uh, myself, Stephanie and Katie today to talk all about uh, marketing for your nutrition and wellness business. And I'm just gonna play the host a little bit here for a second um, because what we decided to do was actually post this podcast episode on my podcast, Next Level Nutrition Biz, and on Katie's podcast, the Wellness Marketer podcast. So we're going to kind of both play a little bit of the role of host here, but I thought we would just start it off where um, we'd get Katie to tell us a little bit about herself and her background with um, nutrition and marketing. So why don't you just uh, get started and let us know a bit about you, Katie. Totally. So hey, everyone. My name is Katie Costa, and I call the Wellness Marketer my alter ego. So it is a business, (laughs) indeed. (laughs) And yeah, so Right now, The Wellness Marketer is a business where I help health practitioners like nutritionists and naturopaths uh, basically market themselves better online so that they can grow their practice using social media and email marketing and ultimately heal more people. So this there's an elaborate story that I'm sure we could dive into and spend a whole episode on, but a little bit about my background is... So I'm actually trained in health and nutrition, so I did my... both my undergrad and my master's degree in like human health, nutrition, nutraceutical sciences. So it was all very sciencey and that was at the university of Guelph. So I have my master's in human health and nutrition. Uh, but I kind of knew early on that I didn't really want to go the health practitioner route. And I just always really loved business, like just very business oriented. And actually a lot of my master's ended up like being really business oriented. So that was super cool. And I basically just started freelancing for people uh, like 
when I was in university and, you know, one job turned into two jobs that turned into three jobs. And I was like, Hey, I should turn this into a business and actually like create some services. So that was like just in January of 2019. So I'm still a pretty young buck in the business world. It's been about 18 months, but that was a super short version of, yeah, my, my background and starting this business. So now we're here. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, we never really know where all of those experiences are going to take us, you know, similar to my story, which I can share in a second too, but you know, it's like, okay, and now I'm doing this other thing and you're like, okay, how does this make sense? But really when we kind of look back, like all of our experiences kind of add up to that bigger picture. Totally. And why don't, I'm going to take the host mic over here and ask you to introduce yourself for some of my audience who might not be familiar with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Stephanie Long, and I am a business coach for nutritionists, and I'm also a registered holistic nutritionist myself. So I'll try to keep my story short, too, because like you said, I could probably do a whole episode on it. Um, But uh, long story short, I went to school for holistic nutrition back in 2014 after, you know, having so many of my own health issues. I had chronic migraines, a lot of digestive issues and was like, okay, I need to go to learn about health for myself, but also I want to share this with friends and family. And I felt like I really needed that um, certification behind me to, you know, for people to start listening and really take what I was um, saying seriously. So I did the schooling and then coming out of school, I was very lost. I didn't know how to start my business. Um, I kind of just threw myself into all of the, well, back then, I don't think there was as many podcasts. So more like webinars and like just doing all the different courses and just like brain dumped, like everything was just like full in business building mode. And it took me about a year to get my my nutrition business started. Now, at the same time, all of my colleagues and friends who are also nutritionists, like new grads, were like, okay, I'm also stuck. And it looks like you're making progress. Can you help me build my business? So it really just evolved where I was growing my nutrition business. And then I started mentoring other nutritionists. And then fast forward to 2000, late 2017, um, I decided to actually switch into full-time business coaching. So I decided to close my nutrition practice, which I did have a one-on-one consulting practice, go into business coaching, and that's what takes me to today. So kind of a roundabout story, but also kind of everything led me to this this place as well. Totally. And I love that, like, looking at the big picture, like your business is also fairly young too mm-hmm. from the business mm-hmm. coaching perspective. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't really necessarily like start out or decide to do this like as the job. Like I wasn't like, oh, I really want to do business coaching. I kind of just fell into it. And I'm curious if you feel like the same, like, well, it sounds like you kind of had like, okay, this is the direction I want to go versus health coaching. But do you feel like where you're at today is maybe different than where you thought you'd be? Like you've kind of fallen into this, this path without really like planning for it? Yeah, I think so. Like I always... Well, I'll just get a little bit more into the story because this will make a lot more sense. So I actually started like my first legit business when I was in third year university. And so my undergrad was nutrition and nutraceutical science. So it was and like nutraceutical, like AKA health supplement. So we learned a lot about like product development regulations and stuff like that. Like it was not an applied nutrition program and it was very, very unique. Like it's the only nutraceutical 
program in Canada. Like it was so niche, like 30 kids in my graduating class and just like super small, but amazing because so much flexibility and like creativity. So I ended up starting a business with my friend, my best friend that, um, and I know she'll listen to this. So, Hey, Lindsay, (laughs) Um, we started a business together that like stemmed from a product development project. And so we launched our own line of small batch natural personal care products. We had like a charcoal toothpaste and like before charcoal toothpaste were super mainstream and, uh, like, uh, oatmeal face wash and like they were actually really cool and because like we knew the regs and product development side like we actually felt confident like creating them like they were registered with health canada and everything like as cosmetics Mm -hmm. so that was when i was in like only 20 or 21 years old and it was from there that it's actually one of my posts on instagram today where from there just i had two naturopathic doctors that were in my network and they were kind of going out and like wanting to do more of their own thing in the online space. And they saw what I was doing and they just like reached out to me, similarly to you, like reached Mm -hmm. out to me for help because like they needed a website, like blah, 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 all this stuff. Because basically that's how I learned marketing. It was, I became like the brand manager and marketing person for this company, which was called Lynn's and Katie, very slyly named. Um, (laughs) But so that's how I learned marketing. And then those two women both needed support that were already in my network. So those were like the first client work that I did of like building a website and blah, blah, blah. And I thought I was going to go more that route, even when I started my business. So like in January of 2019, I didn't even start the wellness marketer. I had started another company called white Oak creative co, which was supposed to be like a creative studio for health practitioners. But from there, like you just, you know, when you like listen to your audience and stuff, like people were just asking for something different, like, and I, I can design a website, but you know, it's not like my sheer zone of genius. Like I'm sciencey, I'm a critical thinker. Like I love strategy. So it was from there that I just started moving in that direction. And it became clear of like, you know, one thing was like my zone of genius and like one thing was not. So I actually changed my name, not once, but twice before I got to the wellness marketer, like, which all happened in like the first eight months of 2019. So it was like a very, (laughs) not like linear start to my business at all. Like it was very all over the place, but that's how you gain clarity, right? Like truly, I believe that like when you just take action, like you figure it the heck out. So the wellness marketer was only born in like September of last year. And, but from there, like it was insane. Like I started growing, like I was like, my business took off basically because I just like was in this finally, like really aligned space of what it felt like of just like what I was meant to do from the business perspective. So yeah, it like all evolved really, really quickly, but that's, yeah, that's really how I got to that today. Well, I love that too, because it's, I think even everybody listening, especially people who are maybe new or people who have been in the business or doing, you know, nutrition wellness for a while and aren't feeling lit up about what they're doing, you know, giving them that permission or giving themselves that permission to pivot and change or to know that it, you know, once you kind of get into the zone of, okay, this is the space I'm supposed to be in. It doesn't really have to take a long time. Like if you're doing, if you're using the right tools and you're, using the right um, marketing channels, like it doesn't have to take forever. You just need to know how to use them to your advantage, Um, which because that's how it sounds like it went for you. You know, like you've made pivot, 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 and then you found that thing and now it's starting to blow up. And it's because you're, you know, 
you're using these tools. And like you said, you're thinking really strategically about how to use your time wisely to grow your business. So yeah, that's really awesome. I love hearing that because I think so many of us think it's going to take like months or years to gain any traction. Totally. And it kind of goes back to, I'm a little bit woo woo and I like, I totally believe in like the energy that you bring to the table is like dictate dictates like your results more than anything, like more than the marketing, more than whatever. And it's like, I was trying to do the same marketing, you know, with the first two iterations of my business. Like I was doing the same things. I was posting on Instagram, all this stuff, like, and we'll get into like some of the you know, marketing strategies very shortly, I'm sure. But like I was doing all of these things, but it just wasn't happening and I couldn't figure out why. And once like I did switch my brand to the wellness marketer, then it was, yeah, things just started falling into place. And like, you can just show up in a way that's like so much more like authentic or like, I don't even know how to describe it. Cause it's like purely just like manifestation and like being in alignment of like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and it's like your zone of genius and you feel lit up about it, then like things just start to happen so much easier. Like obviously like good marketing and everything else is like a really is a catalyst for that, but it's like, you can have the best marketing in the world. And if you don't feel aligned with what you're doing, then it's just, you're not going to show up the same and it's not going to produce the same results. So I think, yeah, to further what you said of like, give yourself permission to change and like to do new things. It's like that in my, in my case, like really was where the magic happened. It's like, I didn't hold on to the fact that, Oh, I started this thing and I spent $200 on business cards, like, and you know, Mm -hmm. built a whole brand. Right. Like, it's just like, you have to just like release that because like, what's the point of staying, staying with something if it's not like truly lighting you up, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and people feel that energy, like just to what you said, like it's your energy, like you waking up every day and putting your energy in, you know, as we know, as business owners, it's like blood, sweat and tears. Like it's a lot of time, a lot of mental energy. It's, you know, if we're not, if we're not excited about it, well, people aren't going to feel excited about it. They're going to see that through your Instagram content or through your emails or whatever. It's just not going to resonate. It's going to feel really forest. Hey guys, Katie here. If you are liking this episode, then you are going to love my free download, Three Marketing Strategies to Grow Your Practice on Instagram. You'll learn exactly how to leverage social media to get the attention of the right people, the one thing that most health practitioners miss in their marketing, and how to fix it ASAP, plus how to promote your services online while working within the college guidelines. All of this and more in a fill-in-the-blanks PDF that you can get at thewellnessmarketer.ca forward slash marketing tips. That's the wellnessmarketer.ca forward slash marketing tips. So why don't we actually just start talking about, you know, how to use tools like Instagram or email marketing to grow your um, nutrition or wellness business? Because I, I think people feel sometimes like, you know, Instagram or especially email marketing are like the places they should be spending their time, but they don't know what to do on those platforms. And they're trying to do what everybody else is doing. They burn out and then they give up. So how do you like, how do you look at Instagram as a tool for um, growing a wellness business? Totally. So the big two things that come to mind when I think of Instagram is one lead generation and two nurturing your leads right? Like if we just boil it down to those, those two things, it creates 
so much clarity for people and like all that stuff can, can really fall away because part of like my signature method or my approach to marketing is, is called the holistic marketing method. And it's like the, based on the idea that like you can do a few things really well and also do the things that you feel really aligned with. So like you can show up with that energy and, you know, actually get the results that you're looking for. So by using those two guiding principles of, of how can I generate leads on Instagram and how can I nurture those leads on Instagram and, you know, then convert them into clients, like that's a really great place to start. So really being like being engaging, people ask why they don't get engagement with like their ideal clients. And it's like, well, what are you doing to attract that engagement? So it's like, how can you help different people online. So that's like the kind of content that you put out, like everyone wants their problem solved. And like as a service provider, especially as like a nutritionist, you're being paid to help someone solve their problem, like their health problem in this instance, or with us, like a business problem. So Mm -hmm. showcasing yourself as the expert, whether it's on stories or in your feed or on IGTV or going live, but consistently showcasing that like you understand their problem and you know how to solve it will naturally draw people to you Because if you're like really speaking to that ideal client, like you were showing that you understand their pain points and like you understand how shitty it is, like especially if you're someone like who's gone through it, like so many nutritionists just like yourself or like were inspired to get into that field because they had their own journey with health and And yeah, so like that can really just inspire people to not only like trust you, but to know that you have the answers, right? So that's like aspect number one that I say, but in terms of like generating leads and nurturing leads like that, like posting content is like nurturing leads, right? Like you, you've attracted this community. You have people that are following you. Like those are the things that you should be talking about to like actually make them want to work with you and become your clients, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's that aspect, but then there's the other aspect of like out what I call outbound marketing on Instagram, where like to, especially if you're like a small account or like you're just starting out, like you have to actively pursue people to join your community. And that looks like engaging in like different hashtags that, you know, you know that your ideal client is using, right? Like if they're like, for example, like someone like doing a hormonal, like if you have a hormonal based nutrition practice and like, you know, you're looking for any sort of hashtags around hormonal imbalances, like you're going to see people, one, that are, you know, practitioners that help those kinds of people, but also the individuals who are struggling with those things and, you know, sharing openly and vulnerably to their community. So like you should be actively looking online for your ideal clients and getting their attention by whether it's just like following them or like leaving genuine comments on their stuff. Like, but it really is about like quality and not quantity. And that's like another big thing that I just like, I'll go on a quick rant for this for a second. Like mm-hmm. that makes Instagram successful is like, you do not need 10,000 followers to grow a business on Instagram. Like every single person that is your, becomes a follower, like should be treated like an individual lead for your business. Like, yes, you're going to get spammy stuff. Yes. You're going to get bots that follow you. We're obviously not talking about those people, but if you are posting the right content with the right strategies, like the right hashtags and blah, blah, blah. And like, you're actively, you know, engaging with other people, in like online, then you're naturally going to attract people to you. And each one of those people should be considered leads for your business. So it's like, when I ask someone like, you know, how many, how many new clients would you have to get this week? Like for you to be happy, like in your business with your growth, like a lot of people say one or two, 
right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people can't take on more than that. So it's like, that's literally could just be one follower. Like you could get one new follower that week and it was the right person. And if you connected with them, that is enough to get you, to get you the client. So a lot of what I do is like helping people shift their mindset around what are your goals on Instagram? And it shouldn't just be to grow because growing on Instagram doesn't mean growing your revenue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, we spend so much time I think, I think the, I want to say like problem in quotation marks here, because it's not necessarily a problem. It's something we can shift. But Mm -hmm. the the issue is that a lot of us, I think, don't see ourselves as an expert when we're just getting started or even being a year in or so. So we don't feel like we can show up and like share all of this information because we feel like we don't know enough yet, or we're not um, professional enough, or we don't have enough experience. So we kind of sit behind the scenes and we don't use Instagram as a tool to grow. We're just waiting for the business to come to us. So kind of what I hear you saying here is like, you have to be so active and use Instagram as a tool. It is like searching the hashtags, commenting on people's posts, creating relationships in the DMs. It's not just about posting. I was going to say posting and ghosting, but you know, posting and running away. It's like posting and interacting and like building it as like this community hub, but also having that mindset and the confidence that like, you are allowed to show up and you need to be showing up to serve those people who really need to hear from you. A hundred percent. And I'm so glad that you brought up like the DM thing too. And just like, uh, but yeah, it's like, or it's like people don't think they're ready. And it's like, sometimes I don't know if it is like, yeah, like a lot of people think that they're not ready because like they don't have enough experience or like, I don't know if it's because like they don't think their business is big enough or like their followings aren't big enough. But like, yeah, like it's this, I, it's, it's like imposter syndrome, I guess, like, mm-hmm. right. But, oh my God, like, even if you've like walked your own journey with like improving your own health and well being, like you are qualified, like mm-hmm. you just have to be like one step ahead of the person you're helping to help them. Like that's another perspective, right. Where it's like, you don't have to be the best of the best to help someone like improve their life, business, nutrition, otherwise, right. Like there's always going to be someone better than you. So like, so that's just like invalid. Like there's so many people in the world, like the best person in the world. Do you think that person can help afford to help everyone? Like, no. Yeah, exactly. So I think like at the end of the day, it's, it really comes down to like, well, I guess another thing I want to bring up here is, you know, one thing that might stop someone from sharing is because they don't know what they're sharing. So getting more clarity on like who it is you want to help, what it is they need to hear. So whether that is um, doing a little bit of market research to find out and then share based on what people are saying, I want to learn about this thing. So Uh I guess to kind of like bring this into like Instagram terms is something that you teach like doing market research on Instagram, because I know that that's something I usually try to tell my clients is like, use Instagram as a tool to like, find out what your audience are struggling with, what they want to learn about, even pull them and say like, do you want to learn about, you know, meal prepping in 15 minutes? Or do you want to learn about how to clean out your pantry? Like you can ask them these specific questions. And then their answers can direct you to actually create the content that they they want to learn. So then you're not sitting there trying to twiddle your thumbs wondering what should I create for them? You just go out and ask. Is that how you like work with um, doing market research on Instagram as well? Totally. So there's like a few different, not necessarily approaches, are just like two sides to the coin of like 
doing market research with like other, like your competitors, like straight up, there's nothing wrong with seeing what, you know, who else offers that service and seeing what they're doing, seeing what their programs cost, like seeing what their branding looks like, like just to be aware, because it also like helps you fill the gaps, right? Like you can probably see, oh, like this person talks a lot about this, but they're missing this aspect. And that gives you a one-up. Then the other aspect is, yes, understanding who your ideal client is and how can you, how can you find them online? You can like explicitly ask them, right? Like in stories and polls, something I always get is like, oh, I put a question sticker and no one responded. And it's like, okay, well you have to also give people just like a little quick tip here. It's like people want the path of least resistance and it's so much easier for someone to tap A or B on a poll or a quiz or something, you know, as opposed to actually for them to go on your story and to for you to ask a question as they're just mindlessly scrolling and then you wonder why they don't stop, think about what they want to hear from you, write it in the question box and then move on with their day. Like it's just, unless you have a really big audience or like a really engaged audience, like a lot of the time, you know, smaller accounts just don't get that kind of engagement through stickers. But like you said, polls are a really great way to just like get a quick feeler on what your audience wants. But I also like to just pay attention to like how, my audience speaks or like how my ideal client is like, are they talking about their struggles online? Like figuring out the words that they're using and using that in your own content is, is such like just such a strength because I find especially like practitioners and anyone who's like an expert, even if you don't think you're an expert, we have trouble sometimes meeting our ideal clients where they're at. And we like use terms or phrases that, go completely over their head because like they don't know that they have like PCOS. They just know that they have really painful cramps. Right. So it's like, sometimes we just have to do that research to see what our audience even, you know, thinks is the problem first Mm -hmm. to make sure that what you're putting out there is like really resonating with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just like you said, using their language, because you know, the like, common thing I see happening a lot is like, especially if we're talking about like digestion as an example, as like mm-hmm. um, the focus for your business. And a lot of people are like, um, you know, uh, what you need to do is like improve your hydrochloric acid to help with digestion. Yeah. And it's like, we kind of know that as practitioners, but like a regular everyday person is like, what the heck are you talking about? And then, you know, the more we use language that's not accessible to them, the more we lose them. So it really is our job to be like, what is the language they are using and use that back to them and talk to them with the words that they understand versus the words that we want to use to, I don't know, make us sound smart or make us sound educated or just the words we're used to. We really have to switch and and cater specifically to them. Totally. And like, that's why I feel like a lot of people don't feel that connection like with their audience, right? And like what that's why they turn and they think, oh, well, I just I just need more followers, right? Like I just need a bigger audience and then someone will get it or someone will book. And it's like actually a really great litmus test like is using these like marketing and other like strategies on a small audience, right? Because like I always say, like if you can't influence one person, you can't influence 10,000 people. So yeah, that's just like another perspective that I just like to share to... Yeah. Well, and really, when was the last time we were in a room with, excuse me, like 50 people or 100 people standing in front giving a message? So like, even if you have 50 people, like that's still a lot of people to influence. Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, like just exactly like you said, you can test these things out on the smaller audience and really like refine that messaging so that when you have potentially 1,000, 5,000, however many thousand people following you, you know, later down the road, you've got everything dialed in. So that really means at the end of the day that you're not waiting until the audience comes to show up and deliver the information. You're starting that now so that when the audience is bigger, you have everything kind of down to a science and you know exactly how to reach them on a day-to-day basis. Totally. And like, I just, I know it's like so easy for us to like talk about and a lot of people will be like, Hey, that's easy for you guys because like you are business coaches and like this stuff comes so easily to you. But I actually just had like a little case study where one of my clients, she was starting her, she's a nutritionist and we actually went to school together, like for our master's degree. And she wanted to start like a nutrition practice and she has like an Instagram of like just over 200 people that like she only started a few months ago, not even. And she booked her first three clients on Instagram with an audience of 200 people, like no ads or no nothing, just like organically connecting with people and, um, you know, putting the right content out there, using that verbiage like that, you know, that they're using and like building relationships in the DMS. And like, like this happens for people. Like it's not just us, talking about it, right? Like it genuinely works when, when you have all these pieces in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. And I think that just goes to show that like, okay, if you're sitting out there and you're wondering, you know, am I spending time on Instagram for no reason? Like it can work. It is working for people. It might be that again, you just need to like find that that passion or find that thing that you really love talking about that also resonates with your audience. And then just you know, I think the key word here is like consistently share on those things. It's not just about a one and done model. It's about showing up. So when they're ready to take the plunge and invest in a practitioner, you're top of mind. Because if you only post once or twice, you know, you might not be the first person they're going to think about um, versus if you're posting, you know, every day or every few days, you're going to be someone that they're seeing and they're getting, they're starting to recognize And you're going to be the person that they turn to. And that sounds like what happened with your client. You know, she started showing up, sharing. She was there. People, you know, needed that support. And it was like a no brainer for them to work with her. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, you really don't need a lot of people, right? To like hit your goals. And I just think it's, it's amazing. It's so freeing, right? Like, cause Mm -hmm. just like knowing, like just giving up on that, right? Like there's no stress. Like you don't have to like be focused on growing and then focus on selling, right? Like it should happen organically, like all together. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk a little bit about like Instagram stories and the DMs and I kind of lumping them together. I know they're two different things, but I want to make sure we talk about DMs. I know that's an area that I've really been able to like nurture um, leads, but how do we use Instagram stories and should we be using them? Like, what are your thoughts there? Oh, totally. Okay. So I like, well, it totally makes sense that we group stories and DMs because like that they're like sisters on Instagram. (laughs) And definitely we need to be using stories like just that more casual behind the scenes video, video audio for the most part, right? Like there's so many aspects that make Instagram stories so much more intimate than posting in your feed and people spend money with people whom they like and who they feel they can trust. And so like by doing those things, like, showing behind the scenes, showing your face, chatting, being confident, like having that energy online, like 
it just naturally starts to build trust. And people are preferring, like there's like social media stats, you know, out the wazoo to support this, but like that everything is moving towards video. Like people just love video. We prefer consuming video as opposed to reading. And, you know, Instagram stories is like such a quick video form, right? Like it takes you 15 seconds to like pop on there and like have that connection with your audience. So I think that's really cool. And like, you also just reach more people because for the most part, you know, if anything, you post once a day in your feed and like, but it's once a day at most, or like a couple times a week versus you can show up with like, so such a little like effort, I want to say like multiple times a day in stories. And you're giving so many more people the opportunity to like connect with you or to just like see your content. So I think that part is like, so, so important. And then DMS, like when people reply to your story or vice versa, if you're applying to other people's stories, you're like directly starting a conversation with them, you know, a one-on-one conversation. And that's really where like the relationship building happens on Instagram. Like when you do get to have like a straight up conversation with someone. So like not only by posting in stories, are you giving people so many more opportunities to like start that conversation easily, especially if you pair it with like a call to action, right? Just being like, Hey, like reply to the story. If you, if you're struggling with this and like, let me help you or reply if this resonated or reply, if you have a good recommendation for a skincare product, like people love giving their opinions and ideas. That's the first, Mm -hmm. that's another thing. (laughs) But like, it's just, you have so many more opportunities by posting on stories to, yeah, to like connect with people. And I've like, that's where people sell like right on Instagram. Like it's not a lot of times that people will just go right from a post and, go to the link in your bio and like buy something, especially like if it's higher ticket, like a nutrition program or something like that. So yeah, I mean, DMs are where it's at in terms of building those meaningful connections and like moving them through like your sales cycle, I would say, right? Like if you're going to get like super Mm -hmm. super businessy. Well, yeah. So like you could really think about it as like your Instagram feed are those static posts that are there. And, you know, we need to have we need to have new content in our feed because that's actually like attracting new followers. That's where people are going to land and kind of assess like, is this somebody that I want to follow and spend time with and learn from. And then we use the Instagram stories as like the behind the scenes every day, kind of like engaging people, teaching, sharing. I think it also makes things feel more tangible to people. Like if you're sharing, Hey, I'm just taking 10 minutes to meal prep. Here's what I'm doing. Or here's a look at my house when I'm meal prepping and it's super messy. And people are like, Oh my gosh, like you're a real person. And at the end of the day, that's really what we resonate with the most. Um, I know that was like the number one thing with my nutrition clients when they were like, okay, so you aren't eating perfect all the time. Like you do, you know, like not make some mistakes, but you do, you know, have like fast food once in a while, or you do like enjoy a, like a luxurious meal. It's like, yeah, I'm a real person. And I think we need to remember that it's okay to, to share those layers because then we're giving people that permission to like be themselves fully and not have to feel like there's restriction or whatever. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, again, using stories is like showing you as a fully dimensional person, but then it doesn't stop there. We pull them, you know, through a call to action or asking them to interact. We pull them into the DMs. And then from the DMs, maybe we can start, you know, some kind of like authentic sales conversation, or maybe we give them some kind of um, recommendation or, 
like to listen to a certain podcast or, you know, a certain book that they can read. And you're just creating this relationship. And then, like you said, then we maybe move them on to like our email list and we start the relationship further there. So, you know, Instagram is a very powerful tool, but there's a way to do it in in a way where you probably feel like you're being super salesy or a way where you just feel like you're an authentic person sharing and inviting people in and then just having a genuine conversation with them through the DMs. Totally. And yeah, like I just agree with everything (laughs) that you just said, basically. And like, but one thing that stuck out that I just want to highlight is like your feed is for attracting new people and your stories are for engaging the community that's already shown up. So Mm -hmm. I think that is just like such an important part to highlight if you're like, you know, thinking about what should I be doing or, um, you know, just feeling overwhelmed by like Instagram in general. Like that's a really basic principle that I think is can create a lot of clarity for people when figuring out the post and how to show up and like being relatable is just so important. Like you said, no one wants like people stress about not wanting to show up because they want to be like, they don't want to look imperfect. Right. Like they're like, I don't have this all figured out. And like, I don't have makeup on and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm not a true expert, but it's like, you're not relatable if you're perfect. Mm -hmm. People want to feel like people don't feel connected if you're not relatable. Right. So it's like, it's this whole spiral of like being your true self and not being afraid to like put it out there because, and not being afraid to turn people off. Like, cause you're just going to turn people off that like, weren't meant to be with you anyways, be in your community, work with you, like whatever that looks like, but it's like, okay, like it's encouraged. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Katie, but I am kind of done with trying to make my Instagram perfect. Like, especially when it comes to the feed, like I used to worry so much about what all the photos were looking like, if they were perfect, if it was all, you know, branded, you know, perfectly. Um, And not to say that I still don't put some like good thought into it and try to make it look really consistent. Um, I just am not trying to worry so much about that and trying to worry more about getting the actual message that I need to share out there. And the same comes with Instagram stories. I mean, I've never really been a makeup person, so I have to preface that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, even showing up with wet hair or like just after I jumped out of the shower or like after coming back from a workout or something like that, like it doesn't have to be perfect. And that is really at the end of the day, what people want to see. They don't want to see the makeup, you know, the perfect makeup face, you know, obviously if that's your thing, that's totally fine. You can do that, but it's not an expected thing that people are waiting until you look, you know, 100% perfect to show up on these platforms. They want to see everything, the real and the raw. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there, like there is an art and a science, right. To like having Instagram stories that are really captivating. Cause like, I feel like a lot of people think that they're like, they have to show up and look perfect in order to like have really engaging stories or like, or just to meet their business objective. It's like, Oh, like I have to be the most polished, the the most polished, best version of myself, but like, that's not the case. So like a few things that like I found really helpful, you know, outside of like, okay, so you're like, now I've, I'm in the right energy. I'm showing up. I'm okay with being imperfect. Now, like, how do we be better with Instagram stories? Like one of the things is making sure that you add captions to those stories. I know you're like a big believer in that. Do you want to just like quickly run down captions on stories? Yeah. So, I mean, if we are taking the time to create content for 
Instagram stories, um, we need to remember that, you know, a lot of the time people aren't able or aren't, I guess, willing (laughs) to listen to the audio, right? Like maybe they're at work, maybe they're with like their partner, you know, or maybe they have their kids around and they can't do the volume. So they're just watching the visual story. And if you're not typing any kind of caption out, you're, you're losing that potential engagement from that person. And I, I do this all the time. If someone doesn't have their story, um, any kind of written caption, I'm usually just scrolling right through it. And, you know, I have every intention sometimes to go back and listen, but at the end of the day, we're all busy and that just doesn't happen. So adding captions is such a powerful thing because you're already doing the work to create the story. Don't lose the people that can't listen to the audio. And the other great thing about captions is even if you're saying something, let's say you're talking about your new meal prepping program, you can have a caption that kind of mimics exactly what you're saying, but you can also add, you know, details for the program, or you can like put like a little um, call to action to say like, you know, link in bio, you can use a little like, um, what is it like GIF or GIF stickers, you know, saying like, you know, head on over to my bio or send me a DM, like you can add things to the story to make it more interactive and actually give more information over. Yeah, Stephanie, I really agree with like, you're preaching to the choir here. I am like a game for all of those things. And I feel like something that my clients really struggle with is like those calls to action of being like, well, like, what am I actually supposed to like even tell them to do? Like, I feel like I'm being annoying if there's like a call to action in like every story because, or like I say that they should have at least one call to action every day with their audience, whether it's like DMing them or like commenting on your most recent post, like, but you should always be asking your audience to take one sort of action every day. That's just kind of like a rule of thumb that I like to go by. And something that I find is like so underrated is using your Instagram stories to build your email list or to like promote your freebie. So for those people who aren't familiar with email marketing, you are definitely have been on the receiving side of email marketing. If you have an email and you don't live under a rock, um, But it's the idea that like you sign up for a premium piece of content or like you trade your email address for a premium piece of content, uh, you know, that you really, really want that will help you solve some sort of problem. And then they're able to email you later on with other promotions and, you know, other messages. So why I love, like, I, I personally love like using Instagram and email together because if you kind of like break down the marketing cycle. I like to say that like marketing is broken up into three main phases. The first one is communicating your message. So it's like, whether it's, you know, doing posts or whatever, but like, how are you talking? How are you spreading the message about what you do and how you help people? That's like phase number one. And then number two is, uh, capturing leads. So like, that's like new followers, or it could just be like people on your email list, but like you need to get people's attention and, you know, make sure that they're interested in your service. And then the last one is converting people into clients, patients, customers, insert whatever word after like they buy from you or work with you. And a lot of the time that doesn't happen on Instagram and it happens in email because people are just more likely to buy in an email because like they're, you know, probably like either in front of their computer or it's just like, 
outside of like the social media experience, right? Where it's like, if you're on Instagram, like I'm more likely to pass through like a call to action on an Instagram story because like I'm on Instagram to like watch, you know, to like engage in content and stuff. So I'm like, oh, like I'll deal with that later. But when something like comes into your inbox, it kind of like interrupts them, right? Because you like have to stop what you're doing and like go check it out. And like, you kind of have more of their attention than you do in like a fleeting moment, like as they pass through your story. So a really, really powerful tool is to like get your Instagram followers off of Instagram and um, doing that by like talking about either how they can join your mailing list. If you don't have a freebie yet, like it's super simple to just set up like a join my newsletter like box, although that is not going to convert as well. If you, you know, if you're just asking them to sign up for a newsletter versus downloading something super juicy that they like really can't resist, that will always, you know, get you more signups. But yeah, I just really love using Instagram to like funnel your leads from Instagram onto your email list because then you can like deliver those messages to them in like a much more streamlined way. And there's a much higher probability that they're going to see that because like we struggle to, or not struggle, but like a lot of people do struggle to like grow their audience with ideal clients on Instagram. But then like the algorithm changes and now like your reach is down like 20% and you're only reaching a fraction of your followers, even though you have all these other people that at one point followed you because they're interested in your products and service, but now you're not reaching them. So it creates this like, paradox of like you're working to build an audience that you can't always reach when you want to versus that's one of the really big strengths with email is that you can email that person and it's a much more direct like you know that they're going to get it whether they open it or they don't that's irrelevant because like even seeing your name land in their inbox and if they decide to like delete it is still you know a touch point that you have with that person Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the algorithm thing because it's so true. Like we spend so much time creating content on these social media platforms, but at the end of the day, we are a little bit like there's things we can do to improve our reach, but we are a little bit like at their, you know, disposal, whatever they want to do with us. They, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever can kind of decide what's showing and what's not where exactly what you said, the email list is like going right into someone's inbox. It's intimate someone's going to either choose to open it or not. But just like you said, even just seeing that name pop up, it's another reminder of who you are, you know, and your services and how you could potentially help them. And also I wanted to say, um, like you said, you know, you might watch an Instagram story and it's a bit of a fleeting, like, oh, that's a great program or that's, you know, a really good point. I should look more into that person. You know, they might hear it once there, but that doesn't mean you can't send a similar message again on email. And, you know, in fact, you should, because it's not just that somebody sees your about information about your new program or like working one-on-one with you, or maybe you're doing more of like a teaching Instagram post or something like someone might see that and read a little bit of it, but they might not really, um, it it might not like soak into their brain. I don't know how else to say that, but it might not really like land with them. And then maybe they need to read it again in an email format for it to like really make sense. So it's not just one time sharing information. It's like repurposing it on different platforms and sharing it multiple times so that it really lands with people. Oh my God. Yes. Like I am literally so over creating content that only gets shared once. Like this like is one of the secrets. Like these, this is the life hack. It's like, stop only posting something once. Because like, if you think about like how many social posts or how many stories, like you scroll through in a given day, like how many accounts do you follow? Like you are not remembering, like we are the most aware 
of our content. And I always say that, but it's like, no one cares about you as much as you care about you. Right. And like, no one's keeping tabs that, you know, you gave out those same tips on Instagram. Like they're probably going to actually be grateful that you sent them an email with like basically the exact same copy. If it's valuable, which is like another key, like you want to create valuable content that you can repurpose because if you're repurposing invaluable content, that's just like going to have the opposite effect. Um, but yeah, it's like the idea that like people do need to be reminded. They need to read about stuff more than once. And they're probably going to be grateful if it is useful that they're like, oh, dang, like I did read that, but I'm so happy she shared it again. Like that's the difference of like being annoying versus having like positive impact. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just being valuable to people. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then kind of like on a side note, you know, if we're doing more of that repurposing content, re- recycling content, you know, especially that valuable content, um, we get to keep more of our energy. You know, we're not burning ourselves out trying to, you know, spend 100% of our time marketing. And then when we get that client in the door, we're like, Oh, man, I'm burnt out. I don't actually have energy to now work with that client. And all we've done is just like, focus all of our attention on the marketing piece. But yet, there's like two sides of the coin, just like you said before, like, you know, there's the marketing piece and then you get somebody in the door and then there's like client, you know, the whole like client management as well. And like giving your client a really amazing experience. But if we're constantly trying to come up with new content, we're going to burn ourselves out. So like, let's save ourselves the trouble and, you know, just repurpose things and, create systems in our business like an email list that's going to help with like the longevity of of your business and to like really nurture people instead of just giving them small spurts of information but not leading them anywhere like we really do want to you know kind of lead them down this funnel to work with us and then really support them when they come into this container you know um in the in the coaching container and really help them in that way as well Yes. No, I love that. And it's like, that's why people often think like, oh, like I don't have time for like the marketing or like it's taking too much time. And it's like, well, how can you ask your, like, ask yourself, like, how can I do this better, faster, you know, more efficiently because your marketing shouldn't take all day. Like you should be able to create one piece of content like for a week and be able to repurpose that content. Like, especially if it's like a long form blog, like let's say you have a blog, You break down that blog post into three separate social posts just because of character count. Like you can't even post the entire blog post on Instagram if you wanted to. And then from there, you could like teach the same thing on stories that, you know, from the post from the day before. And then from there, like send out an email to your list with the link to the new blog post. And like you've had like now seven or eight different touch points during the week and you've only created that one like overarching piece of content. Like that's what, just to give people some context in terms of like what repurposing content might look like for you. That's like a really, really simple way to like not spend, you know, 10 hours on just your social content for the week, right? No Mm -hmm. wonder you can't add an email list because you're like, you know, spending 10 hours a week just on Instagram trying to make your feed perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, that little emoji, it's like the head with the brain exploding like or the the, like explosion one I feel like that is what people need to (laughs) feel right now because it's like reminding you that it doesn't have to be hard sure it's going to take work but we don't have to make things harder for ourselves so if we just kind of take exactly what Katie just said repurpose the crap out of things you know we can let our content 
live for longer and make a more of an impact. So then, you know, just kind of like I said before, when we bring our clients in, <clears throat> we have the energy to actually serve them. Yes. Preach mm-hmm. a girl. Preach. <laughs> Well, this has been such an awesome conversation. I mean, I feel like you and I could probably go back on back and forth on so many different things. I mean, we made a list of kind of what we wanted to talk about. And we're like, do we have time to talk about all of this? I don't know. But I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Um, Is there anything you feel like you just want to add in? Or do you feel like this was a kind of a good overview of like how to get started with Instagram marketing, email marketing for nutrition clients? Totally. Yes. So Instagram, surprise, surprise, is like my (laughs) vice of choice. So you can follow me at the wellness marketer there. And for anyone who is looking to take their marketing to the next level, start their email list, like set up automations, all that cool stuff. I actually am reopening my uh, signature program zero to a thousand at the end of July. So I'll be sharing all about that on my Instagram, but yeah, that'll be really cool. I'm really excited for that. And yeah. That sounds like a great program too. You've had a lot of people get some good results with that too, haven't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Like I said, so that one client that I was talking about earlier, her name is Alexis. Like she just wanted to join the program. She's like, I just want to start my business and like get one client. And we started her business and she got her first three clients in like the first half of the program, which was cool. And same thing. One of my other the other women in the program like was starting a, her own nutrition business after working at like a spa, uh, like doing it through a spa. And she just landed her first client with like a beta launch of her program. So yeah, super exciting. I just, I love helping people. I'm like, yeah, little babies. I'm like, fly, <laughs> birds fly. <laughs> You're in your zone of genius. It's very obvious. So I'm really glad that, that you have that sounds like an awesome, awesome program. Thank you. Yes. And likewise for my followers, where can they learn more about you and all the awesome things that you're doing right now? Yeah. So I am also on Instagram. You can follow me, stephanielong.ca. You can also visit visit my website, stephanielong.ca. And I also have a membership called the Next Level Nutrition Biz Collective. Um, That is a monthly membership if you're looking to grow your nutrition business. So kind of a little bit of a combination of the marketing side, the sales side, and then also like client management, because that's something I really love talking about too, is like, okay, once you have the client in the doors. How do you, how do you help them? What do you do? So um, if you're interested in checking that out, you can always head to my website, uh, stephanielong.ca slash membership. And yeah, I think that's all that, that was awesome. I'm like kind of sad to say goodbye because I actually want to keep learning more from you, but (laughs) you know, I don't think we should keep people here for hours. So Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I've had an exciting time chatting with your audience as well. Thank you so much. We'll have to do see what put the feelers out and see if episode 2.0 will be be in the works. But yes, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. So glad I slid into your DMs two weeks ago. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.